the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you, and welcome to the Gypsy Christian Hour. It's Sunday morning, and that means it's time to worship the Lord. The theme song is Avi Vramya, and what that means is the time has come to worship God. God bless you tonight. Sam Nicholas is out of town. I am your guest host, Steve Mitchell. It is good to be back serving the Lord, sharing his word. Tonight, we have a message that I believe is of the Lord. And I pray that tonight you would call somebody. Let them know that the word of the Lord is about to be shared And it's a word that I believe should start something in our lives. As a Christian, as a follower of God, as someone who desires to see the will of God done in our lives, I pray that tonight this message would plant a seed that would bear much fruit. Before we go any further, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this night. We thank you for your love and your mercy, for your grace and your hope. We thank you for all the things that you've done and for who you are. Father, tonight, as we go forward into your word, we ask that your spirit would take over and that you would speak tonight. Lord, we ask that as we come before you and lay prayers, that you would hear us and that you would move. Father, tonight we ask that you have your way. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, please call 1-888-995-5552, and you can come live on the air and we'll pray with you. If you have any questions, give a call. I'll do my best to answer them. But let's get to some prayer. Right now we've got Jeremiah on the line. He needs some prayer. Hello? Hey, Jeremiah. How are you? God bless you. Hey, how you guys doing? God bless you guys. Doing Happy all right. Sunday. Happy Lord's Day. God bless you, sir. How can we Let help you tonight? Let me ask you a question. Uh, 
Okay, yeah, I'll get to the permit. What happened to Sam Nicholas? He hasn't been on here for a while. Um, he actually left town last week for a very good reason. Golote uh, Manuel Bori. His son is getting married uh, in Dallas uh, next week. Is that his son, Jonathan? Uh, yes, his son, JT. Oh, okay. uh, so well, thank God home. it's it's okay, a very good reason. Who is he getting a body from? Uh, from Yeso Frank. All right, that's good. That's good. Praise the Lord for that. God bless that marriage. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you something. Are you Safka? Are you related to Safka? Yes, I am his grandson. I'm Eddie's son. Okay, I know who you are. Okay. Well, anyway, okay, if you could pray for me because, uh, I've been praying for God to bring my wallet back because was a fadi. And if you could pray for me and my mother, uh, for God to bless us with a house because you know how hard, you know how hard it is to get a, a apartment in California. Yeah, I know how that goes. But we also have a God that can do miracles. And in Los Angeles, yeah, no, that's actually a miracle. <laughs> and also one more thing. If you could pray for me, for God to send a soulmate in my life, because everything I've been trying, you know, I mean, it's reject, and I don't want no more rejection. So if God could send me a perfect woman like he did for Sammy's son, so I appreciate that. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Mwadel, first of all, we come in thanksgiving. We come realizing who you are, Mwadel. I would give you a problem, Mwadel, and all your family. Devla, tu janes what a difficult time it is for a house in Los Angeles, Lord. So I pray, miraculously, as I've seen you done before, Lord, provide for Jeremiah and his family a home, Godel. I Devla, we pray your will to be done in his life. We pray, Godel, your word says that it is not good for man to be alone. But Lord, we pray that you would provide the helper, the blessed one, Godel, that she might be a blessing to them and that they might be a blessing unto her. We ask this, Mugadel, and Lord, we pray all that was lost would be found. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. How's your father doing? Thank God he's doing good. He's doing very good, praise the Lord. He's uh, uh, She's good. She's actually with them in Dallas. Okay, well, that's nice. Okay, well, your savvy will be here next week, right? Uh, no, he's going to be gone for, I believe, till almost the end of November. So I think there's two more weeks uh, where I'll be here. Okay, well, God bless you. Have a good night. God bless you, too. Good night. Amen. Praise the Lord. Again, if you have any questions, if you have any prayer requests, give a call, 888-995-5552. Arat, I want to prepare to go into the Word. And if you are on Instagram, uh, I'll be live on there too. But I posted what I'm going to be sharing about tonight. And tonight's Word starts... In Second Kings, chapter twelve. I'm sorry, chapter thirteen. And it's the story of the prophet Elisha, and it's the end of Elisha's life. And at the end of Elisha's life, the king at the time comes to visit Elisha because he knows Elisha is dying. And he comes and he cries over him and he says, My father, 
the chariots and the horsemen of Israel, the strength of Israel, the king knew who Elisha was, who he represented. And we know that Elisha is not who the focus point is, but God. The prophet is always to represent God. The prophet is always to put God in front of himself. The prophet is always to show God and speak for God. And so tonight, we're going to go into the word, Second Kings chapter 13, and we're going to start in verse 14. Penel, when Elisha was in his last days, King Joash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the charioters of Israel, he cried. Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, Put your hand on the bow, and Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. Then he commanded, Open the east window, open the eastern window, and he opened it. Then he said, Shoot, so he shot an arrow. And Elisha proclaimed, This is the Lord's arrow, the arrow of victory over Aram, for you will completely conquer the Arameans at Afik. Another version says, For you must strike until they are destroyed at Afik. And this is a very important point that we need to remember tonight. Remember that word, strike. Then he said, Now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with him. You should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will only be victorious three times. Amen. I want to say God bless everybody who's listening. God bless you in the room on Instagram. Welcome. Tonight we're talking about the word from Second Kings chapter 13 called Strike the Ground. So we see what happens is the king comes to Elisha because he's dying. And he begins to weep over Elisha. But look where Elisha's concern is. Elisha immediately doesn't say, don't worry about me, I'm going home. He doesn't weep with him. He doesn't cry with him. He doesn't feel sorry for himself. But he immediately starts focusing on telling this king about the victory of the Lord. And he says, go get a bow. The bow and arrow represent strength, represent battle, represent victory. But Elisha tells the king, get the bow, and then he placed his hands on top of Elisha's. What that represented was God working together with the king for the victory. 
God wants to work with his people. We see from the beginning, he created all the animals, and then he told Adam, you name them. The Lord wants to have a relationship with us where he works with us, but he also empowers us. So whatever the Lord calls you to do, he's going to place his hands on top of yours and empower you to do it. So Elijah places his hands on top of the kings and says, shoot, and he shoots the arrow. Now, right when he shoots the arrow, Elisha proclaims, this is the arrow, the Lord's arrow of victory over Aram. So now here we are, and what the king should understand is what Elisha is saying. He's saying these arrows represent the Lord's victory. So then he tells him, take the rest of the arrows and begin to strike the ground. And so the king strikes three times. And Elisha gets mad because, why did you stop? We've heard the story before and it's been explained. Uh, He never said anything to the king to tell him, well, if the king would have said, you didn't tell me how many times then Elisha could have just said, but I never told you to stop. You see, what Elisha wanted was a complete victory. And what he told the king is that these arrows represent the battle that you will have. And how much effort you put into it is how much victory you will have, how much you will accomplish, how much you place yourself in the Lord. And the king went and hit the ground three times. Did he not understand? Was it Intano Leska? Was it too hard for him? Whatever it was, we see that he did not complete what the Lord wanted him to do. I want to apply this to us tonight. And this this message a little bit later is going to get a little bit tough. But I believe that the Lord wants to start something. I believe the Lord has a work to do, and I believe that this message is really a part of it. What is the Lord telling you to do, and it's just too hard for you? What is the Lord telling you to do and you're not doing it wholeheartedly? When I preached this message at Pastor Michael, this is the divano that came and it's, it's a hard word, harsh word, but it's the truth. The Lord says, come to me and and learn from me and and change your mind. In in Romans, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and, and come and receive bread from me, come buy gold from me, store up treasures in heaven. But here's what we do. We strike the ground once and we say, I accept salvation and stop there. We strike the ground once and say, that's enough for me, I don't want to go any further. I've got my salvation, and that's good enough for me. 
Tonight, this message is not to put anybody down. This message is not to, to deter anybody. This, this message is not to discourage people, but to let people know that you have a victory waiting for you in the Lord that is unlike anything that you could ever imagine. And salvation is just the start of it. Salvation is what the king did. He hit the ground three times when the, the prophet said, why did you stop there? Tonight, the Lord is telling you, why did you stop there? Why have you stopped at salvation? Why do you not strike the ground more and read the word of God? Read the arrows that God has given you. Just a couple of days ago, the Lord gave me a message about the importance of the word. And he described to me everything that the word is described as, as it's compared to. It's bread, it's water, it's light, it's life, it's hope, it's strength, it's direction. It's all of these things, but we don't strike the ground and read about it and learn about our Lord. And we do not survive. Because God's word has all of these things in it, but all we get out of it is salvation. That's great. I thank God for salvation. Not putting salvation down in any way. But God has so much more. God has so much more if you'll only strike the ground. Verse 18 says, take the arrows. The arrows represent the victory. The deliverance that God has for you. Today I'm telling you the arrows represent the purpose that God has for you. And when you're not fulfilling your purpose that God has for you, you're striking the ground less than what God wants you to strike the ground. You're not accomplishing what God wants you to do. And the only one that loses out is you. No. You see, because the king only struck the ground three times, Israel only won the victory three times, which means the people of God could have had complete victory, but because of one man's Inaction. Because one man didn't do fully, wholeheartedly what God wanted. The rest of the nation suffered. And because of that, they missed out. Well, I want to ask you, who around you is missing out? Who around you is going to lose out on a victory that they have because you didn't go after the victory that God placed before you. Why did you stop? Today, the arrows can represent prayer and supplication. The striking represents obedience. Your effort. Sometimes what this can come down to is God asks you to do something that seems a little bit strange. God asks you to do something that seems 
just a little bit hard. God asks you to do something that you don't really feel like doing. Because the I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it wasn't an odd situation. The king comes in to, to see the prophet and he's crying on him and all of a sudden the prophet says, let's do something else. And his mind is not in it. But when he began to speak, when the prophet speaks, the prophet speaks on the part of God. So he should listen, he should pay attention, and he should have understood. Well, today, the prophet of God is speaking and saying to you, the word of God is waiting for you. And God may be asking you to do something that is a little bit difficult or a little bit strange or a little bit too hard. But what he's asking you for is to give your effort. What he's asking you for is to follow what he's saying in in the New Testament. They were fishing all night. And Jesus calls out to Peter and says, cast your nets on the other side of the boat. This to Peter had to seem kind of dumb. This to Peter had to seem a little bit strange and hard because he says, Lord, we've been fishing all night. Peter was a fisherman. Peter knew what he was doing. They used to fish at nighttime because it was better to catch the fish at nighttime. David, God bless you. Welcome to the room. Peter knew exactly what he was doing, but he says a word there that is striking the ground. But Nikki, I believe, uh, if you're still in here, I believe you gave this message one time. Peter says, Lord, we've been fishing all night, and I know there's no point to it. But nevertheless, just because you say it, just because you said it, I'm going to throw the nets on the other side of the boat. But it says net. doesn't say he threw the nets. It says he threw the net. See, Peter at that moment struck the ground three times. And the Bible says they caught such an enormous amount of fish that the boat was actually sinking and they had to call their partners to come over and help bring in the fish. Now imagine if he would have thrown out the nets. Imagine if he would have done what the Lord had told him to wholeheartedly. He said, nevertheless, he followed the word of, of the Lord, yes, but he didn't have the complete victory that God wanted him to have. What are you holding back right now that God is saying, I want you to go forward and to do this? I'm going to tell you right now, one of the first things is prayer. Prayer has become, instead of a communication, it's become a, a shopping list program. Prayer, instead of uh, coming to the Lord and, and being in his presence, Prayer has become that thing that we do when we need something, that thing that we do before we leave the house or when we wake up in the morning to ask for protection and for blessing. I dedicate among us. Prayer is no longer a conversation between us and God. Prayer is no longer us sitting in the presence of God and just allowing God to be God. I had an experience a few weeks ago. 
I was praying alone in my room. And God just gave me this feeling of, be still. And it wasn't just stop asking. It was literally, be still, don't say a word. Don't even worship. Don't even uh, thank. Just sit there and realize that I am God. And it took me about a half hour to shut my brain off, to stop me from thinking or saying anything, but just to be there in the presence of God. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. God is waiting. God is desiring. That he delights in blessing his children. A pastor said once of that scripture, I can imagine God on the edge of his seat waiting to bless his people, waiting to do for his children, waiting for them to come to him in the proper way, waiting for them to come to him so that he can do what he wants to do. And I've got message for you, Los Angeles. The Lord sent a word that it's time to start the fire again. It's time to get people on fire for God. It's time to get people in right relationship with God. It's time to go further than we ever have been with God. It's time to do the things that God is calling us to do in order to get to know God, in order to get to know His will and His purpose and His plan and to walk in it. Why are you lacking power in your Christianity? Why is the church lacking power? Why don't we see miracles? Why don't we see answered prayers? Because the Bible says, ask anything in my name and it shall be given. So we think the name Jesus Christ is a lucky charm and we say it at the end of prayers. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, ask anything that is in my will, that is in line with me, But we don't know what he wants because we haven't read his word. We haven't struck the ground and read and stood there until we can't stay there no more and dug into the word of God. Strike the ground. Get your word. Get the Bible. Get into his word. I don't understand the Bible. I can't read. There is every way that you can hear the Bible today. You can watch the Bible. You can hear it on audio. You can have someone read it to you. There's an Instagram page that only reads the Bible to you every day. They don't give a message. They just read the Bible. And I'm sorry, but not reading is not an excuse. I personally know men who, because of the Word of God, And their desire to read it prayed and they could read the word of God. They never read anything else in their lives. But because they desired to read the word of God, they prayed and God made it possible for them to read the word. There's even one pastor who couldn't read. And when he began to read the Bible, thank God he learned. He went to Bible study. Uh, Sammy and and, uh, my father sat there and read with him and taught him how to read the Word of God. And it was said about him that he could read the Bible like it was nothing. But he couldn't read anything else. 
You see, God will make it possible for him to get his word into you any which way. It's easier now today than it ever has been to get into the word of God. So the first thing I want you to do is to start striking the ground in prayer and then in the word. We have a call, and if you have any questions or if uh, if you need any prayer, please call 888 995 Five 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 two, and we'll get to your call as soon as we can. I want to look at some people that struck the ground. If we go to Daniel, I believe it's the tenth chapter, sixth chapter. In Daniel 6, the king proclaimed that you could not worship, you could not uh, pray to anybody else, to any other gods but their gods. This was a trick that the enemies of Daniel had in order to kill Daniel. But in chapter 6, verse 10, Penel, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, listen to this, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. You see, what it says there is that Daniel struck the ground three times a day. We don't know how long before the problem happened, but Daniel struck the ground three times a day before the problem happened. Before anything came, he was in communication with God. And I want you to see this. The prophet was telling the king about a future victory. He was preparing him for a future victory. And this is what God wants to do. He wants to prepare us for a future victory. He wants to prepare us for a future purpose. But he can only do that with people who will strike the ground until they've completed what God wants. I'm going to give you my personal story on how this preaching came about, how this teaching came about. I was preparing to pray to to preach to Pastor Michael in Rancho. And I'd been praying and thinking about what word the Lord wants to bring. And I wasn't getting anything I didn't know if I was going to use an old message, a new message that he'd given me, or if he had a completely different word that he wanted to bring up. So early in the morning, I got out of bed and I laid on the floor and I started to pray. And the truth is, in that day I had a lot of problems, a lot of worries. But in my mind I said, Lord, I'm going to bring the most important thing before you. I need a word. I need your word that you want to preach to your people. And instantly he gave me strike the ground. Instantly. And all of these things started to come to me, all of these uh, understandings. And I want to read this. This is what I wrote down after the prayer. 
Pinnell, I needed a word from God to share. And with other problems on my mind, I got on the floor saying, let me bring the most important problem, the most important need first. Lord, I need a word. Should I use an old one, Jesus walks on water, or a new one, John 3? Or do you have something else? And strike the ground came to my mind. Daniel's knees struck the ground three times a day. For how long, how many days, how many years before his battle, we'll never know. But the Lord is saying, get ready. Get ready like you're leaving. And as I was getting ready, the word completely prepared came. Be completely ready before you know what you're doing, where you're going, or what you're going to do. God said, leave nothing out so that you're ready when the time comes. What are your arrows? Reading, praying, worship, and what is your worship? So I'm on the floor, and I prayed, and the Lord gave me this message, and I started to pray, Lord, why? Why did you give me this message? Why so instantly did you give me a message like this? And he said, where is your heart right now? And I had to think about it for a second. I was laying on the floor. And my heart was on the floor. My heart was beating the floor since the second that I got into prayer. My heart was striking the ground over a thousand times while I was praying. And the Lord said, because you struck the ground in that way, because you got into a place where you would stay there and you would continue to pray until I gave you a word, because you struck the ground until what needed to be completed was completed, I blessed it. I gave you a word that I want you to give my people. Because you were there, ready to do what I wanted you to do, I did, God did what he needed to do. And it's the same thing for us. God is waiting. He is waiting for us to walk into the place where we are positioned for him to be able to accomplish his will in us. I want to go to the phones real quick. We have Jackie in need of some prayer. Hello, Jackie. Hello. Hi. Um, How are you? God bless you. Um, I'm, uh, I'm okay, but not great. Um, I call because honestly, I really do need prayer. Um, I'll just tell you why. I, this is hard. I, I've been a Christian for a long time, mm-hmm. and I'm 56 years old. And when I was in my early 20s, late 20s, really, I had an abortion, and it weighed on me after the fact. I knew it was wrong, and I did it. And I went through, after the fact, I left me with a little girl after, when I was 28. But it still weighed on me. It, 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 I never felt, like, whoopy. I, I, I felt bad, and I couldn't deal with it, and I was drinking. And I actually went to a church, and I confessed, and... I felt clean. I felt washed. I felt good. I've been living my life. 
I feel like forgiven for that. But today, there's only one person that knew he only took me. He took me to the grocery clinic. And um, he, he talked to me tonight about it. But he should have given, he should have had it in God's hands. So, Miss Wright, I know that. But I can't take it back. And I still feel right now. Like, I need prayer to cleanse me again. Like, God forgive me. Because I can, I honestly, if I could take it back, I would. I would. It's on my heart. And my daughter, she um, told me she wanted an abortion, you know? And I opened up my heart to her. And I convinced her not to with her seven kids, you know? And I convinced her not to because I don't want her to feel this, what I feel. And I, I can't believe that. And I got so mad at him, but I left. Like right now, I'm just, I walked away. And I left because I couldn't, I didn't even know what to say to him. I didn't even know what to say. I wanted to retaliate. Well, you're the one who brought me here. You're the one who told me to do it, and now you're telling me this. But I didn't feel like it was right because I was wrong no matter what. No matter what. Jackie, I want to I wanna tell you something. I can I can see that sin is heavy on you right now. The burden of your sin is heavy on you right now. But I want to tell you what the Word of God says. The Word of God says, Come to me, all of you who are heavy burdened and laden, and I will take your burden upon me and take my yoke upon you for my yoke is light and my burden is light the word says that though a man falls seven times he gets back up and second chronicle says that if my people who are called by my name listen to these words will humble themselves come and seek my face turn from their wicked ways Come and pray. I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. I want you to know tonight, the Lord has given his life so that this burden, so that these shackles do not have to be upon you. And the word says, all you have to do is lay them at his feet. Ask him. Ask him to take them from you. Ask him to remove this sin from your life. Ask him to give you the peace that you need between God and you. Ask him and he will give it to you. If you ask with all your heart, Jackie, and if you truly repent of the things that you are doing that are causing these types of feelings, this is not just Something that is of the world, Jackie. I want you to know that's the spirit. That's the spirit telling you what you're doing is not what God wants you to live like. Is not how God wants you to live. But it's okay. Because he had a plan for this problem. And his plan was to live a righteous life in your place. To take the cross in your place. To take your sin upon himself so that you could be claimed righteous before God Almighty. Tonight, I want you to know that the Lord hears your prayer. And as we pray right now, 
I want you to know that He hears your heart crying. And if you will truly, truly give yourself to Him, His Word does not lie. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their ways and come and seek my face, He will hear from heaven and He will heal your land. Yes. Let's pray right now. Father, we come before you. And Lord, I bring my sister Jackie before you. Lord, you hear her heart right now. I can tell, Lord, the situation that she's in is not where she wants to be. She knows the love of God. She knows the cleansing of the Lord. And once again, she wants this cleansing in her life. Once again, Lord, she wants to know that you are walking with her and that she is walking in you. Father, I pray that you would... Cleanse her right now. Your word promises, Lord, that as she came tonight, as she dialed that phone to turn from her ways and to come and seek your face, Lord, to humble herself before you, Lord, your word says that you will hear and heal her, Father. I pray heal her. Give her the strength that she needs to walk in this daily life, Lord. Give her the strength that she needs to turn from her wicked ways. Lord, give her the strength that she needs to resist all that would call her into darkness. But Lord, pour down your light, pour down your love, pour down your mercies and your blood upon her, Father, to remove, Lord, the curse of sin. Father, I pray, give her peace in this moment. Let her know that your love surrounds her, Father. Let her know, Lord, that you are there with her and that you've never left her. And your word says you will never forsake her, Father. Lord, it doesn't matter how much we sin, your love still chases after us, Father. But we cannot live in that sin. I pray, Lord, give Jackie the direction, the strength. Surround her with people who will pray with her and for her, those that would help her to stand, Father. That she would no longer do the things of the world but that her life would be completely given to you. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you, Jackie. We will continue to pray for you. I pray that the Lord would give you the peace that only He can give. Thank you. God bless you and good night. Amen. Thank you, Lord. While we're praying, uh, we have a few prayers for uh, Mimi, for Joanne, uh, and there was one more prayer. Um, the Lord knows um, we need healing, we need provision, direction. Lord, we pray. And Lord, we, we place those that have come asking for prayer, are trusting in you. So we pray, provide all that is needed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord, we pray for the autism list. And if there are any prayers in uh, on Instagram, please put them up, and I will try to see them and get them on, uh, get them prayed for before we finish up. Um, but getting back to the study, striking the ground. As I was saying, my heart was striking the ground. And I saw something. This is where God wants to get us back to. There's a word that God's given me about worship. And worship we know only as a song. We only know worship when there's music going or when we're in church and the choir's going. But worship, the word worship means to lay 
prostrate on the ground, to lay flat on the ground. And this is something that God wants to get us back to. Why? Because your heart will be striking the ground. As long as you are in that position, praying to the Lord, worshiping God, your heart will be striking the ground. And if you strike the ground enough, then God will begin to do things in your life. You see, I don't share this, I haven't shared this until this message came about. There are other things going on in my life for the past two years where I have been on the ground more than I ever have in my life, worshiping God and praying and seeking the Lord and chasing after God. And the Lord told me that because I did all of that, because I can't count how many hours my heart was striking the ground and striking the ground saying, Lord, I want you. Lord, I want understanding. Lord, I want direction. Lord, I want to know your purpose. Father, I need you. Because I stayed in that position, striking the ground with my heart. The Lord has given me victory. The Lord has given me direction. The Lord has given me hope and strength. Just today, God asked me to do something that is very difficult for me at this time. And I had to eat my own words because as I was praying about it, as I was thinking about it, I'll be honest. I said, Lord, I'm a little bit afraid. And God said, but this is a moment to strike the ground. This is your chance to listen to your own preaching. This is your opportunity to have a victory in the future, but you have to trust me. And so I'll be honest with you. It's a, it's a hard thing for me to do. But I'm going to trust God and I'm going to do it because I believe this is striking the ground. I want to look at someone else who struck the ground. We're talking about Elisha and what it means to strike the ground. In the book of First Kings, I have another scripture here that I want to read. But in First Kings, Chapter 19, verse 19. Penel, so Elijah went and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field. Why does it say that? Because that was a lot of people. Uh, Shannon, no, I'm not going to tell you what God told me to do because that's between me and God. But thanks for asking. Um, it says that there were 12 teams of oxen in the field. The reason it says that is because that meant they were rich. That's a lot of things. That's a lot of land. That's a lot of oxen. That means Elisha was rich. And Elisha was plying, plowing with the 12th team. Elisha went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulder and then walked away. So Elijah is the prophet at the time, and he sees Elisha, 
And he goes to him and he throws his cloak over him at the time. In that time, it meant a whole lot because the, the cloak of the prophet meant something. But he goes and throws the cloak over him and walks away from him. And Elisha left the oxen standing there and ran after Elijah and said to him, First, let me go kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. So what Elisha saw was that Elijah came and threw his cloak on him and said, Okay, this is something that God is doing. I have to get on top of it as quickly as I can. I need to get doing it right away. But Elisha was already, Elijah was already walking away. So Elisha runs after him and says, Hold on. Let me take care of one thing, and I'll be right back, and I'll follow you. But what does it say that Elisha did? Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. He meant, think about what I'm telling you, because if you come after me, it's going to be a hard road. Being the prophet of the Lord in that time wasn't an easy thing. We're going to see how uh, Ahab was a bad king, uh, Jezebel was a bad queen and uh, threatened to kill, and Ahab called them the, the troublemaker of Israel when they were doing the work of God. So it's not an easy thing. And you're leaving everything you have. But here's what Elisha did. Remember, Elisha is a rich man. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire, to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elisha as his assistant. This man just struck the ground so hard, we couldn't even imagine it. Imagine if someone came to you and told you, forget everything that you have, forget your family, forget the fact that you're wealthy, and come after me. But think about what you're doing. He didn't even think about it. He said, let me go say goodbye to my mother and father. But he went and destroyed everything that gave him his finances. It's been said before, there's no plan B. There's no going back. There's no way now that Elisha could say, you know what? This life isn't for me. I'm going to go back to my old life where I was rich and where I had everything I needed. He said, I'm giving it all up. He completely sold out. For God. He sold out to God so much that I want to read what happens after Elisha died. After he dealt with the king, it says that Elisha died. Let's see. Second Kings chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 20. It says, Elisha died and was buried, and groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. Once, when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. So they threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and fled. There are people that are having a funeral, but there's some raiders coming, and they see them. So they take the body and they place it in the tomb of Elisha. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. This is how hard Elisha struck the ground. That even when he was dead, the miracles of God was still working through his bones. 
The miracles of God were still working through this man who gave up everything. You see, when Elisha told the king, you should have struck the ground, he was speaking from experience. He was saying, you should have given everything that you have, give it to God. Everything that you had, you should have done whatever you could to get it done. You should have given whatever you had after the Lord, because the Lord told you to do something, and if you would have given it your all, if you would have given it your whole effort, if you would have not stopped at where... You were comfortable at where it was easy. If you wouldn't have stopped, then God could have even worked through you after you were dead. I want to talk about a few men that struck the ground as we finish up. We were talking about the video that came out, the history of Christianity amongst the gypsies. If you haven't seen it on YouTube, go see it, please. It's not the beginning of the church in in the United States. It's the beginning of Christianity and someone was asking me, how could they do that? It was so hard. And God just put this in my spirit. Forget about what was done in the States. Trace it back to France, to Paris, to a man named Badia who became a Christian. And it was such a hard thing because people would look at you strange if you were a Christian, that he went to one man, Gakostevo, and he told him about God, and he became a Christian. And then he heard that there's Rome in America, and he decided, I'm going to pack up everything that I have. I'm going to bring 30 people with me to the United States where I don't know anything. And I'm going to stay there for a year and a half until I have no money left. This man struck the ground, and because of his obedience... Even long after he's gone home to the Lord, there are churches that are rising up. There are pastors that are going forward. There are miracles that are going forward. Christianity in the United States started from one man striking the ground and saying, I will give everything that I have and everything that I am to the Lord to do with whatever he wants. I'm telling you right now, God wants to start the fire in Los Angeles once again. And forget about just Los Angeles in his church once again and God is calling us to strike the ground to pray like we've never prayed before to read like we've never read before to seek the Lord like we've never done before and that when he tells us what we are to do to do it holding nothing back you see the king should have struck the ground until those arrows were busted in his hands and God has given a word strike the ground until the ground is broken because it's time to get back to the foundation of the Lord. It's time to get back to the foundation of what the Christian life is supposed to be because we are missing out. We are missing out on what God wants to do in us. We're missing out on the power. We're missing out on the purpose. We're missing out on the blessing. We're missing out on the healing. We're missing out on the joy. We're missing out on true worship. All because... We're not striking the ground. I know that the Lord is ready and willing to speak. Because when I finally put myself to listen, he began to speak so much that I I couldn't accept it all. I couldn't receive it all. And he's looking for those who will listen to him. He's looking for those who will seek. The word, the Bible says, uh, ask and keep asking. 
Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. Don't stop because God has something to do and it's time to start striking the ground. That is our message for tonight. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. Father, I pray that this word would plant in our lives, Father, and that it would bear much fruit. I pray, Mugodel, that you would teach us how to strike the ground, Lord, that you would give us direction, Father, that you would give us, Mugodel, the, the strength to accomplish all that you have, that we might win the victory that you have in store for us. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for being with me tonight. I pray the Lord bless you with this message. I pray that you go forward and begin to strike the ground and don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop because the victory is on the way. God bless you and good night.